Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, 49ers fans, Merry Christmas Eve or Christmas whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully you enjoy the holidays. I woke up super early so my wife would not get upset at me for recording a podcast on Christmas Eve. Here's to hoping this doesn't come back and haunt me. But I wanted to make sure everybody had something to listen to over the break. Um, First off, you know, the 49ers come off short um, against the Bears. They lose 14-9 to at home. Against the eleven and four Bears, well, they're eleven and four now, which brings our record to four and eleven. Absolute close game. I I loved how close we played. You know this top tiered. You know they they won their division and they are in competition for a first round bye. But the 49ers played awesome. Uh, they played absolutely great on defense and just came up short on offense. Cannot score touchdowns. You got to score touchdowns to win games in the NFL. We are struggling mightily so we're going to go through break down the offense the defense draft stock kind of what to expect next week all kinds of different stuff mvps of the offense and defense absolute bummer of a game this is a game we could have won should have won um you know just a couple off the wall stats this is the first time all year that the 49ers have won the sack and turnover battle in a game um and we didn't win so it just it just goes to show you Man, you got to score a touchdown. So without further ado, let's just jump into the offense. Now, I had a really tough time coming up with who the offensive MVP should be. But seeing as we gave up one sack for nine yards um, against this Bears defense that is one of the toughest defenses in the NFL as far as turnover and sacks, they're at the top of both of those. Um, I'm going with the offensive line, most in particular, our rookie First-round pick Mike McGlinchey, who on about 70% of snaps had to go against the great Khalil Mack, held Mack without a quarterback hit and without a quarterback sack or fumble caused. Um, absolute props in the entire offensive line had their best game of the year by far uh, as far as pass protection. The only sack that came all game um, – was on a blitzing Mike Backer. You know, Roquan Smith, who, again, is another first-round pick, you know, shot up the middle, and McGlinchey was a little slow getting over to him. But uh, still, if you could have told me that we were going to give up one sack to this Bears defense, I would say we're winning this game. Um, however, uh, it just didn't work out that way. But props to the offensive line all the way across the board. Joe Staley uh, had a couple pancake blocks whenever they rotated uh, Khalil Mack over the interior gave up a lot of kind of tipped passes to Akeem Hicks in the middle but still absolutely incredible game so let's jump in real quick with injuries man we did not get out of this one safe Matt Breida hurt his ankle first quarter uh, the same thing happens every time he's in love this guy 
I, I cannot wait for him to actually get fully healthy. It's that same ankle that's affected him in about seven games. Um, he works so hard and he wants to play, you know, undrafted free agent. He's trying to carve in his pivotal role in this offense, and I understand that, but he just keeps getting injured. But he looks great for the first three to four plays every week. Uh, Dante Pettis was kind of the biggest injury. Um, his knee, he was done. He just got bent over sideways, and you could see his knee and leg just were wrapped underneath him, and it just looked bad. Um, whenever it happened, I said, that looks like an MCL sprain. I, I you know, I kind of got that right. Usually, the ACL happens whenever the there's nobody around. Uh, ACL is the bad one. That's where you're done for about a year. Um, but whenever your leg is fully extended, the MCL or the meniscus usually happens. Not always. Um, this is just, you know, high school coach. You see it so many times you can kind of figure out what it's going to be. But whenever the knee is kind of compressed or folded, usually that's going to be an MCL or a meniscus injury. Um, and it seems like it's going to be a sprain, that which was the absolute best case scenario. Now, Kyle Shanahan talked about after his press conference, they asked, and he said, well, they didn't say ACL, so that's all we were really listening for. He is going to be done. His rookie year is over. Uh, it's been ups and downs. He's had two injuries, both kind of weird knee injuries, but, you know, nothing related to each other. But, man, great year all in all. It's, it's, it sucks that he's out. Selleck had a concussion. Kwan left with the knee, and he was playing lights out in the first half. Kwan Williams, our slot corner, played great. And Goodwin, at the end of the game, went out with an Achilles injury. Kyle Shanahan says he doesn't believe it's serious, so it's not like a torn Achilles, perhaps just a strain or something along those lines, but he missed the end of the game as well. Um, so you know, this is kind of just what it's been all year. You know, there, there was that graphic during the game, if you watched it, where they highlighted all of our offensive injuries. And before that was over, we added two more wide receivers <laughs> to, to, the, to the bunch and another running back. So it, this is just 2018 in a nutshell. Offensive skill positions, if you've made it this far, you are quite lucky. Hopefully that's the end of it, though. So let's jump into our drive chart for the offense. We got off to a terrible start. The first two drives were almost identical. Punts, three and outs, and a tipped pass on third down. And if you listened or follow me on Twitter, I was on another podcast with the Chicago Authority. They do a great job covering the Bears. Um just previewing this game, talking about the 49ers and helping them kind of understand what's going on, kind of what Clayton does for us sometimes. And I told him, you know, DeForest Buckner should have been in the Pro Bowl, and it came down to Akeem Hicks or DeForest Buckner, and both are deserving. You know, I don't want to take anything away from Akeem Hicks. I do think that Buckner is a superior player, uh, but being on a team that is 4-11, that's going to cost you. And the fact that Akeem Hicks came out on the first two drives and got a tipped pass on third down, I was just like, man, he, th these two guys are playing against each other. <laughs> it's just what it was. But after that, we went field goal crazy. Third drive, 33-yard field goal. Fourth drive, 30-yard field goal. Fifth drive, 23-yard field goal. Now, the problem with this is we got into the red zone three times in this game, and they all took place in the first half. Um, but the problem was... We never converted one of those. Uh, we are now 18 for 46 on the season. We have 46 trips into the red zone. We've scored a touchdown on 18 of those. That is below 50% and is absolutely horrendous. 
you've got to score points in the NFL to win. And the fact that our defense held this very high potent offense of Matt Nagy and the Chicago bears to 14 points is incredible. Uh, but the problem was we got three field goals to show for it. And if you do that, uh, you're not going to win games. It's just not going to happen. We come out of halftime and it just was bad. Uh, six drive punt. Mullins gets hit on back-to-back passes as he throws. Seventh drive punt. That was the sack that was given up uh, by the blitzing linebacker. Eighth drive. This one pissed me off the most. The best passes that Nick Mullins has made all year have been drops or interception. Now, in the eighth drive, it ended in an interception, our lone turnover of the game. Uh, It wasn't a great pass, but Goodwin should have been able to catch it, but he was going across the middle, and he totally, you could tell, he got scared, took his eyes off the ball. Instead, tips the ball, his outstretched arms, tips the ball into the linebacker's stomach, and that's it. And the camera, you know, they did a good job. The camera pans over to Nick Mullins, and you can see him cussing up a storm, ripping his helmet straps off, just beyond pissed off because he knew the importance of that interception. Um, that that was kind of the thing. Decent drive was going, and we turned the ball over and allowed them to kick a field goal. That made it just much worse. Um, it, it, oh, sorry, scored a touchdown on that drive. But uh, the ninth drive... Uh, turnover on downs. We started with a minute 42 seconds on our own 24 yard line. So we had to go 76 yards and we got about 50 yards. Um, fourth and four. This was kind of the play of the game. Nick Mullins gets out of the pocket, extends the play, and there is no spy. There's nobody could have walked for a first down, probably could have walked for 10 plus yards. But he threw a Hail Mary out of bounds instead. So there are several different rules. But if it's fourth down, you have to keep the ball in play. Uh, Kyle Shanahan came out and said, you know, he's he's making an aggressive play. Obviously, he should have ran it. When Mullins came to the sidelines, he said, man, I could have ran it and got it first. I know I could have. But he was being overly aggressive. And with a quarterback that doesn't have the experience like Mullins, that's okay. You want him to leave it out there on the field. And so I guess the biggest problem with this is, one, if it's fourth down, you have to keep the ball in play. Uh, It's sailed on him because he was running to his right and approaching the line of scrimmage. So that's going to add a little bit more velocity, which took it out of bounds. Two, uh, he was thrown into pretty tight coverage. Three, First down, touchdown, get down. That, that's kind of the rule you got to teach your quarterbacks. And what I mean by that is, uh, number one, keep the drive going. So if you can get the automatic first down, take it. If not, then, yeah, push it for a touchdown. And if you can't do either one of those, you just got to figure out a way to keep the ball in play because this is the game. If you don't get that play, it's over. And sure enough, it was over. Um, now, if we jump over, that was it, man. In this game, we only had nine drives, which is very, very low. But if we look at the stats, they kind of tell the story. You know, Nick Mullins goes 22 of 38. I wish he, we wouldn't have thrown the ball 38 times in a game where we only lost by five. But that's what it is. Uh, zero touchdowns, one interception, one sack. His quarterback rating's at 65%. If you don't put up points, your quarterback rating is going to be trash. Um, rushing the ball, Jeff Wilson, 11 for 27, his worst game, but he didn't turn the ball over. So I'm okay with that. Matt Breida, four for 20. He was effective while he was in there, but it was just for basically a drive and a half, um, receiving wise. And this is awesome. Um, you know, I kind of do my focus during the season on the actual game itself. And I don't 
enough step back and appreciate how great of a year these guys have had. But George Kittle goes seven catches for 74 yards on 12 targets. And that brings him for the year. He has 79 catches, 1,228 yards, and four touchdowns. This is, I don't think we're appreciating how great of a year George Kittle is having. He is 99 yards away from the all-time record for most receiving yards by a tight end in a single season. This is his second season. He is playing with the second and third string quarterbacks for the majority of the year, and he is putting up record numbers. So again, next week's going to be huge for him. It'd be absolutely incredible for him to get this number. Now, what's crazy is <laughs> he might not be the only one breaking this record this year. It's it, The tight ends at the top three, you know, uh, Kelsey, Kittle, and Ertz are having hell of a year. Kelsey has 1,274 yards. So he's up by almost a little less than 50 yards. So it's possible Kittle could break Gronk's record in 2011 of 1327 yards and not hold the record. So him and Kelsey, you know, they, they both are right there. Um, man, I really want this. I want this so bad for Kittle and just the 49ers. I, I think it would just be a huge momentum uh, push into next year. So uh, we are hoping for Kittle to have another 100-yard game. And who knows, maybe even more than that. He is definitely more than capable of going off. But that's kind of what we got for the offensive side. Now, before we jump to the defensive side, it is Christmas. And hopefully you guys were able to head over to Game Day Sports Memorabilia and pick out something for a loved one. Uh, no matter what their team is, they have all your sports memorabilia needs, helmets, posters, cards. Uh, they've got it all. It's pretty impressive. I spend a little bit too much time and a little bit too much money over there, but their prices are absolutely incredible. It's not like they just have the super expensive stuff, which they do have the very rare and hard to find stuff uh, that you can only find on sites like that. But they also have relatively cheap options if you are not wanting to break the bank. Uh, just really cool stuff. Um, I am a huge mini helmet guy. You get me an autographed mini helmet, I am freaking stoked. I can put it on my desk. I can keep it in my house. I can put it in my son's room. So head over to GameDaySportsMemorabilia.com and check them out. They have everything. Just want to say thanks to those guys. They have supported us all year. Uh, very, very happy with what they have done for us. Now, let's jump over to the defensive side and, again, Bravo. The defense played well enough to win this game. I have been beyond um, critical of Robert Sala, and he played awesome this game. You know, he called a great game. Players played great. And my MVP, it comes down to two guys, but I'm going with the unknown dude. Elisha Lee leads the team in tackles with 12 total tackles. Flew around the ball like crazy, uh, just absolutely dominated. And my runner-up is Cassius March, who got two tackles uh, and a tackle for loss. Either one of these guys deserve the award. Both of them by far had their best games of the season. And, and that's the thing. Even you know Sherman, whenever he was asked in his press conference, they said, tell us a little bit about Elijah Lee. And people said, look, or this is what Sherm said. He said, people don't understand. When, when Ruben Foster left, we haven't really talked that much about him because Elijah Lee stepped in and has played up to his level. He's playing absolutely incredible. Elijah Lee is a very young linebacker with a super high ceiling. Um, he, he's If you go back to the preseason, he makes a lot of plays, but he makes a lot of mistakes because he just goes 100 miles an hour on every play. He's a very 
big-time athlete. I remember him at Kansas State. Uh, we got a couple Kansas State guys, um, him and DJ Reed, that just and Richie James, goodness, that just jump out because they are these kind of super athletes and just super high-energy players. And an absolute great game by those guys. Let's go through just real quick our drive summary. Now, right off the bat, uh, we hold them to a punt. A couple small gains, but we hold them on third down. Mitchell Trubisky has an overthrow, whatever. Second drive, they miss a field goal. This was awesome. Third drive, punt, three and out. Fourth drive, fumble. You talk about starting a game. If the Bears thought they were going to come in and win this game, they found out in those first four drives, this is what's up. And just, again, incredible start defensively against a high-potent offense. But then things get kind of rough. Fifth drive, touchdown pass versus Tavares Moore. Um, this was a free touchdown from the refs. You know, Marsh had a sack on that one, but we had an interception, and they called uh, defensive holding against Fred Warner, whatever. Um, I get it. He touched the guy after five yards, which is the rule, but that happens on every damn play. And it just kind of seems like this year uh, has been the year where we finally do something right, and then they're going to find a way to take it away. Not saying the refs are against us, because I don't believe that, but it's just... Sometimes the ball bounces your way, sometimes it doesn't. And that's just been the way it is for the 49ers. Right outside of halftime, they get a touchdown run of two yards. Uh, again, we had a turnover. Marcel Harris stripped it and recovered it, but was down a split second beforehand. And that's the thing. You know, we are increasing our opportunities at turnovers, which is great. We are still on pace. We have eight turnovers on the year. Um, so. There has never in the history of the NFL since the merger 1940 had a team with less than 11 turnovers. So unless the 49ers get three turnovers versus the Rams next week, we will break the all-time record for fewest turnovers in the history. The history of the NFL. That is just... Uh, anyway, here's how we don't break that record. I want some records, not that one. And, and Sherman, you know, they asked him, why are we not having turnovers? And Sherman said it's because we're not playing. We we are just now starting to play sound defense. We've had so many injuries and inconsistency, but now we're playing sound defense. Everybody understands where they're supposed to be, which allows us all to fly around to the ball. And so hopefully this will continue, and we can keep causing turnovers. We won the turnover battle two to one. Um, again, we haven't been able to say that all year. Uh, seventh drive punt Buckner got his sack his 12th on the year absolutely incredible eighth drive fumble Tarvarius Moore punches it out the funny thing is you know it was third down about two and a half minutes left about two minutes left actually and Tarvarius Moore gets beat by a slant but the rookie who I love Tavares more actually I think that he is a much better corner uh, potential player than Akello. Uh, you know he chases him from behind, doesn't give up, and punches it out from behind, kind of like Peanut Tillman used to do for the Bears at all the time, or Patrick Willis where they were uppercut whenever you're running behind the player. Tavares Moore, a rookie, does that, and if. You know, Allen Robinson, who caught the first down, just slid down. The game was over at that point. So absolutely incredible play. Uh, you know, he gets beat for the huge first down, but he doesn't give up. You know, absolutely incredible. Um, so later on on that drive, I got pretty upset. You know, <laughs> they, they have fourth and one on – they have fourth and one, and they quarterback sneak it for a first down. 
this is the earlier drive. Sorry, I put it in the wrong place in my notes. I was beyond pissed. One, I get that they went for it on fourth and one, but the problem was we didn't have a player in both A-gaps. It's fourth and one. You have a quarterback under center, and we have the entire A-gap that is open. This is an absolute simple double eagle, <laughs> double A, uh, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. You have to cover up both A-gaps. It's an automatic read for the quarterback. We gave up a free first down. I was absolutely pissed on fourth and one. So uh, that's just kind of what it is. And again, if we look at the defensive stats, just a couple things I want to call out. You know, Richard Sherman, he has continued just to play an amazing all year at a Pro Bowl level, all pro level. He, they, Nobody throws it at him. And, you know, the fight takes place, which I'll talk about in a second, but Richard Sherman gets ejected. The next two plays, they throw the ball to the right at our defensive left corner, offensive right side, which they haven't done all game before that. I think Sherman had one target this game. But it just goes to show you, like, everybody is absolutely scared of Sherman, and they know that we have rookie corners or inexperienced corners on the other side, and that's what they're going to do. If we could pair this up, if our defense is so close, if we could get a pass rusher, and if we could get another stud corner, man, watch out. I, I think that, you know, the makings are there. The future is beyond bright for the 49ers. But the fight. So first off, Marcel Harris, who's been playing lights out, running all over the place. He ended with five total tackles. Should have had another forced fumble, but just a split second off before the runner's knee was down. He's chasing, you know, uh, Mitch Trubisky, who scrambled out of the pocket. And Trubisky chose to slide late. Now, as soon as they slide, you're not allowed to hit him. But when your momentum is carrying yourself so fast, as fast as you can, it's impossible to change your direction. And if you go back and watch the play, Marcel Harris pulls up, throws his hands to the side, gets his helmet out of the way, and kind of chest bumps him. But they're running full speed at each other, so it's it's what it's going to be. It happened on the Bears' sideline, and everybody gets pissed off. And they start pushing and shoving, whatever. I get it. you got to protect your quarterback. I, I understand that. But after you push and shove and you get up in his face, let him go. Especially when you're outnumbered 50 to 1. That just makes you a damn chump. If you're pushing on somebody and you're outnumbered like that, man, you are a piece of shit in my book. And Richard Sherman, all the way on the other side of the field, runs past nine 49ers. Got up in there and started throwing hands. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes from you know Sherman <laughs> in his press conference, he goes, I'm a grown man with kids. And later on, he goes on to say, you put your hands on me, you're going to feel me. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Like He even addressed, like, hey, you want to get up in his face, you got to let him go. But if you're a bunch of people and you're swinging and pushing and grabbing and all that stuff, you got to stand up for your team. Kyle Shanahan definitely wasn't upset. Could we have used Sherman? Hell yes, we could have used Sherman for the rest of the game. But we're not going to the playoffs. And I think that that was an enormous message to this entire team. We fight for each other. We are here for each other. And this is something that hasn't really happened. You know, um, you've got to get in there and get dirty and be willing to, quote unquote, get your ass kicked. It doesn't matter. You stand up for your team. And I absolutely love Sherman. I am so glad that he is a part of this team. I, I'm just pumped that, you know, he he's going to be here for a while. We got him for another couple of years. And if his play stays where it is now, zero concerns whatsoever. Now, let's jump real quick um, to draft talk. You know, the 49ers with this loss 
we have kind of locked in a top five draft pick. We cannot pick. There's only one game left. We are currently sitting at third. So the Cardinals and Raiders, uh, they both have three wins. And then the 49ers Jets both have four wins. And then the five-win team starts. So uh, good news, bad news, all these things. Good news. Worst case scenario, let's say the 49ers win next week and everybody else loses that's wherever. The absolute worst that we can pick is pick five now because the Jaguars lost, whatever, uh, that pushed them out. We were They had four wins as well because we own the tiebreaker for fifth all the way down. You know, our strength of schedule is .48, and it's inverse. So uh, the weaker your strength of schedule is the tiebreaker. It has nothing to do with who played each other. So if the 49ers and Raiders tied, we beat the Raiders, but that doesn't enter into the equation. It goes... Strength of schedule, division tiebreakers, conference tiebreakers, coin flip. And usually it doesn't go past the first one. You know, we had the crazy one last year. We flipped the coin for Mike McGlinchey versus the Raiders. We won that one. But if we tie with the Raiders, we pass them. And the reason why I keep talking about the Raiders um, is because they're the only ones that matter. They are in the Nick Bosa sweepstakes, and if they lose out, whoever picks first is getting Nick Bosa. Whether that's the Raiders or the 49ers, it's Nick Bosa. Just trust me on that. It's Nick Bosa. So that is kind of the big play that we got to pay attention to. Now the bad news. All four of these teams, Cardinals at first, Raiders at second, us at third, Jets at fourth, we have the most difficult schedule um, this final week, we all play locked up playoff teams on the road. So it's, I, I doubt that any, I don't think it's going to change. I think the top four is pretty much cemented. So with us, we're playing at the Los Angeles Rams and they're not going to be able to rest anybody because if we beat the Rams and the bears win, then the Rams lose their first round by. So they're going to have to play lights out. And I should probably pause and just say thanks to the 49ers. Um, I had a, one of the anonymous football players of the 49ers offered me tickets. He knew that I lived in L.A. and offered me tickets to this game, which was really, really cool. He asked that I not bring him up on air. So, But just want to say really do appreciate that. It's awesome knowing that some players listen to your podcast and reach out. Uh, such a cool organization, very easy to root for. Root for. So uh, just want to say thanks for that one. Now, if we go on to the other guys, Arizona has the first pick. They're playing at Seattle. Now... Seattle really cannot change what they're about, but the Seattle has already came out. We're not the type of football team that's going to rest our players. We're not in a position to rest our players, so we're all going to play. So uh, Arizona has to win at Seattle. I don't think that's going to happen. Oakland plays at Kansas City. Kansas City and the Rams are almost in the same position. So if Kansas City loses and the Los Angeles Chargers win, then Kansas City will lose their first round bye. So I, Kansas City will not be resting any starters. So you mean to tell me Oakland's going to beat Kansas City on the road? I don't think so. Um, so that just gives you a little bit of perspective into kind of what's going on. And then the Jets, of course, they're playing at New England. And New England has to win that game as well. Um, so all four of these teams, I don't think that anybody is going to be able to rest their starters. So I, my betting money would be the way that the top four is set now will stay the same. Cards one, Raiders two, 49ers three, Jets four. Um, we could improve. Who knows? Raiders do play tonight. 
but I do not see them finding a way to win any games. Uh, the Raiders are just a bad football team. Um, it, it's just kind of who they are. Now, the good thing is Denver's not a good football team either. So if you want the 49ers to jump up a spot tonight, Monday night, December 24th, Christmas Eve, this would be the present we all want, Oakland beating Denver. So um, hopefully that will be our present under the tree. But just want to say thanks. Hopefully you guys have a wonderful Christmas with your families. Really do appreciate you guys listening. And we will be back after the holidays. We got one more game, 49ers. And stay strong. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.